Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Field, owner and director of Lucky Star Art Camp, a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp held annually on the banks of the Guadalupe River in Hunt, Texas. On today's podcast, I'll be talking with Lucky Star instructor and my sister-in-law, Randy Hamlin. Since 2016, Randy has owned and operated her business, Indigo Lane & Co., in her South Texas studio. She and her team design and make small batch, handcrafted leather goods that blend traditional techniques with modern style. Randy is a creative through and through and has created a beautiful life in Cal Allen, Texas with her husband, two sweet kids, and a grouchy Australian shepherd named Indy. She loves a good long road trip, a slow-paced morning to enjoy her coffee, and spending time outside with her family. Welcome to the podcast, Randy Hamlin. Today's episode is brought to you by No Issue. Hey, Lisa, I want to create some cool packaging for my business. Oh, yeah, no issue. Okay, but who should I use who cares about the environment, customizes to my brand, and is easy to work with? No issue. Okay, yeah, I get it's no issue, but who does that? No issue does that. I worked with them on my registration boxes, and their products are not only sustainable, but they're also beautiful. Check out www.noissue.co to learn all about the products they create to make your brand really stand out. It's no issue. Hello, Randy. How are you? Hi, hi. I'm good. Happy to be here. So nice to have you on the podcast and to have you teaching again at Lucky Star this year. You had to miss last year, and we're happy to have you back. So later on in the show, we'll talk about what you're teaching. But for right now, I want to know all about where you grew up, what your childhood was like. Give us a little brief background on Randy Hamlin and her life story. Okay. Well, I was born in South Texas. And I moved to the Hill Country for, um, I guess, elementary school. And I grew up there for the most of my life and love being a Hill Country girl. I am back down here in South Texas, raising my kids and running a business. Um, I've always been crafty, always um, just loved working with my hands. And I'm just thankful that I get to do that every day. So what is the craft that you are focused on right now? Right now, it's Leathercraft. So you have a business. And I should just say right off the bat, so in case anyone who's listening doesn't know, Randy is my sister-in-law. She's married to my brother, Sean, who is my only brother. And they have my niece and nephew and live close to my parents in South Texas. So um, I'm super excited to also reveal a little bit more about our awesome family um, through this podcast as well. So getting that out of the way, Randy has a really awesome, thriving leather goods business. Randy, tell us about your business. Okay. Well, I started working with leather about six years ago. And actually I took my first leather class from Becky Dawson at Lucky Star. I don't remember what year that was, but 
I wanted to take that class because she was making a leather clutch and I was like, I'm dying. I have to make this. And I got in there and Becky was just such a good teacher and made it so easy. I, I went home and was like, okay, I could figure this out. I'm going to do some things and um, had no intentions of having a business with it. And um, God had other plans because it is, it is a, a pretty big business now. It's, it's a full-time job, which I never planned on either, but um, yeah, so I've just been doing leather goods for, I don't know, five or six years now. And um, now I have a staff and we do the things every day. And it's a full-time job on your own terms, which yes. is really awesome. And I know it's one of the things that was so important to you when you set up your business and also just like in life. When y'all got married, yeah. you kind of knew that you want you didn't want to go and work away from the home. You really wanted to do something close to home. And I'm super proud of the fact that you have created this thing that is just growing and growing. And you are right there in your home studio, which has also grown. And yeah. the kids are in and out and involved. Even your husband is involved and you've made it a lifestyle. Yeah, I feel like um, our lives these days can be so busy and we can be so torn in all the directions. And this is just a really um, the only way I could figure out to, to um, keep everybody in each other's lives um, as much as possible, um, during the day. And so we, I work from home. It's easy. It's, um, I get to see, like you said, I get to see the kids and Sean and your parents and, and it's nice. It's a really nice, crazy, no roadmap for it life, but I love it and I'm thankful for it. So tell us what is different. What makes your brand of leather goods stand out above than the others? Okay. What is your signature? So, so I feel like my my brand stands out for a couple of reasons. One, I'm really a stickler about just clean lines. I don't like a lot of fuss in my clothing or my accessories. And so anything that you see with made from my studio is going to be clean lines. Um, and I like quality leather and I also like fun colors too. So I feel like a lot of times if you want the fun colors with leather, you're getting either pleather or you're getting really wild western styled leather goods which isn't quite me mm -hmm. but if you go where it's very you know just classic browns and blacks it's really plain and that's great too but that's not quite me either so i think that's that's part of the signature there and um yeah just quality quality and clean lines some of your pieces um oh my gosh every piece of yours that i've ever carried I always get so many compliments on my bags. Um, I mean, really, like people walk up to me and ask me, where'd you get that? You know, and it's it's mm -hmm. it's because they do stand out. I mean, that, okay, so you did a whole line where you were using like that classic brown leather mm -hmm. and then you had that tribal cloth mm -hmm. that like a big piece of that on there too. And man, those were gorgeous. Like the indigo 
shibori look mixed with the leather was incredible. And then you've also got lots of metallics and and fabric with a pattern and a color pop inside, you know, like a like a, a fun surprise when you open the bag. Those are some of my favorite pieces. I love those. So you I just mentioned that you've expanded your studio. How much like what have you done? How how has your studio grown? Well, full disclosure, my um, my studio is also the laundry room, and it also houses the extra refrigerator for our home. And um, mm-hmm. it's we've been bursting at the seams. We were bursting at the seams two years ago, and then we launched wholesale a year ago this month, and we have been more than bursting at the seams. So um, Sean, my, my husband, Sean, uh, built out, he expanded out the back of the office, and it's probably four times bigger now. And we actually officially get to move in this weekend. But ah, um, how exciting! Yeah, we just need the room. We have so many tools and machines, and I mean, the ladies have been so gracious to work in such tight quarters. But I know they're excited to be able to have—I don't know—arm room. <laughs> how many women do you have working for you now? I have five. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. That's so exciting. You recently, I mean, like just this past week, went to market. You've had a Mm -hmm. showroom there for two years now or one year? I can't remember. One year. This this market marked one year. So Mm -hmm. how does that whole process work? Tell us a little bit about like hauling stuff up there, setting it up. Like how does that all go down? I don't know how other businesses do it. And I, I feel like I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but imposter syndrome is a real thing. Um, so I show up at market with my wagon, my, you know, like it, collapsible wagon with all my stuff <laughs> and take it up to the 15th floor and set it up and make it look fancy. And I'm sure people think, oh man, this is, she probably has people. I don't, I, it was me and my mom, but um, yeah, you just go and set up your stuff and, and it's amazing. I mean, we're, we're next to like Levi's and, um, oh, like lucky brand shoes and Jessica Simpson. Like we're there, they're our neighbors on that floor. And so people come from all over the country and order their goods for their stores. And so they come in and, and some of them are really fun, exciting people, but most of the time it's a business and they're in there and they're, calculating like, okay, what happens in March? What are we going to show in March and what collections are going to go with this? And it's really been neat to see the back end of the boutique business because I take for granted when I walk into a cool store, the way it's set up, I take for granted that somebody has literally spent weeks planning that setup in that store. So when they come in to the showroom that I'm in and they order bags, they already have outfits in mind for display. They already know when their town is having a big event, they're going to have an influx of people and what those types of people are and what they're going to want to buy. So it's been so neat to just sit back and watch that unfold business-wise. Very, very cool. That's such an interesting point to make. You know, there was mm-hmm. a part a point in my work life and also in my business life where I've had to go to Dallas market multiple times. And I mean, it's work. Like 
just going and ordering things is work. I can't imagine going, setting up, being there to take orders every day. But it's also, it's so exciting and it's next level. I mean, like this is, if you're going to scale and you're going to, you know, really get your brand out there, it's what has to happen. And how many shows have you been to so far? Five or six. The third? Oh, five no, or six. Okay. Five or six. It happens four or five or six times a year. I'm not sure, but I should also make a note to say I have a sales rep team that does the bulk mm-hmm. of my selling. The reason I went um, the last two times was I just wanted to connect with my customer. I wanted to see what they were wearing. I wanted to see how they were buying, how they were interacting with the product. It's so important as a designer for me to know who I'm making for. And so that's why I went. But my sales rep team, by far and away, does the bulk of the selling in, you know, in any business connections trump talent sometimes. They trump um, financial ability to make things happen. And I just, I literally just fell into this with these girls. And they have taken my business to heights I could have never done on my own. And so it's been such a learning curve this year and so wild and amazing. It's exciting for sure. And you're, you're right. Relationships really do make a difference. And that's smart of you to go and have that contact with people. Mm-hmm. Randy, aside from leather, I know like you, you love to sew, you love, and you're sewing leather, but you also love to just sew. You love to paint. What are some other things that are, is your time all taken up by like any extra moment you get your, you're working in your leather studio or do you get some time to be creative in other ways? Okay. Well, that's kind of a twofold answer there. Um, I think a year ago when I wasn't so, so busy with building the business, um, when I was not sewing, I really liked um, embroidery. I love embroidery. I'm not the best at it, but I enjoy it. Um, I like to paint. Again, I'm not the best at it, but it's just so, I don't know, relaxing to just put something on the canvas. And if it's ugly, we'll just paint over it. But I love, I do love the the act of painting in embroidery. So, and these days I don't get to do those things, but I just remind myself it's a season of building and a season of growing and I can paint and embroider to my heart's content later. So. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are similar conversations that I'm having with myself. I, I have a an unfinished painting over here to my left that is supposed yeah. to be going above our bed that has been on this easel for a good solid year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like nowhere near, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's never really finished. Just take it off the canvas and hang it on the wall. Uh, take it off the easel and hang it on the wall. And I'm like, no, this was like really, really um, lo- at a low level in the process right now. Yeah, But it sure is nice to know that if I did get a spare second, my paints are right there. My mm-hmm. easel is right there and I could just add to it as I please. And that to me is part of the fun of it, right? It's just the whole process of the thing. And right. you and I also 
get to do creative things in our jobs, in our businesses. So those little things kind of tied me over to someday in a different season when I can sit down and really take some time to be creative in my own way myself. Cause I also like painting and I miss that. I, I really do miss it. And I love embroidery too. So I, I know I, I feel, I feel you there. Mm-hmm. Who would you say inspired your creativity in the, you know, in your family? Is there someone you can pinpoint? Cause I've got some, a story in mind. I, I really would have to credit my mom and my grandma a lot. Um, when I was a kid, every Christmas, every birthday, I got craft supplies. I mean, they were cheap and cheesy craft supplies, but they just gave them to me. They didn't give me any direction. They didn't craft with me. It was just, you like craft supplies, so go do the thing. And so I grew up doing that. But I think the story, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, My grandma, which, you know, you grow up and you hear stories, but you don't quite connect all the dots until you're older. And I had heard a few times growing up that my grandma used to have a business where she sewed square dancing costumes. And I I, I don't remember square dancing being a cool thing. Like when I grew up, you had to do it in like gym class or something. And right. Yeah, in PE. And there's a reason it's not cool anymore. Anyway. So, <laughs> but it was a whole thing. What, like in the seventies, sixties, Lisa, when was it a thing? Well, okay. So I was born in 74 and my Nana and my grandpa were some square dance and fools. So the, I would say it was probably the sixties. Okay. So she, started manufacturing this, like all women manufacturing um, square dancing costumes and selling them all over the world. And I didn't quite put all those, and she didn't brag about it. She didn't talk about it a lot growing up. Um, But I didn't quite put all those pieces together until, I don't know, like four or five years ago. And um, I Googled her business name. And this square dance costume comes up on Etsy with her label, like Jackie's Originals. Like an vintage shop? Yeah, on Etsy. And I was like freaking out. And I think I texted to you and I called her and I screenshotted the picture and sent it to her. And she goes, oh, that that dress is ugly. I don't think I made that. And I start dying laughing because her tag's on it. And she goes, oh, I must have. (laughs) Anyway, so... I guess it's just in my blood to do what I'm doing. And she powered her business with a lot of moms. And and I keep mom hours. My hours are nine to three. I have four moms and a college student that work with me. And it, it works. They can still run their homes and still have their families and still do the thing and have a job. So right. I guess it just it's in my blood to do it that way. Cause that's how my grandma did it. And I had no idea, but it's fun. So the continuation of that story or of, we had a full circle moment when I realized that this petticoat of my Nana's that I had been hanging on to that is still hanging in my closet today mm-hmm. is one of Randy's grandma's 
petticoats. So a petticoat is what you would have worn under your square dancing skirt. Yep. And, and so that was really special and a really cool realization when um, I looked and saw her label in there. Mm-hmm. It was really, really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So without even, without her even sitting you down and saying, okay, this is how you do this. And this, you ended up basically doing the very same thing, just with a different item that you're selling and creating. I I think that is so cool. Those connections that we have that are blood connections, they really do run deep and show up in the most mysterious ways sometimes. Okay, Randy, Tell us about where you live and like what your, what your favorite kind of day is. Like what's a normal day for you, like your routine? A normal day is, um, so we, I homeschool our two kids and their education is video based. So I'm not having to instruct them myself, but myself, um, but we get up in the morning, we have a slow morning, drink coffee, have breakfast with my kids. And then, like I mentioned earlier, nine o'clock work starts. My ladies get here and we have a, a full day until two or three o'clock. And then I have the afternoons with the kids again and we go do stuff or run errands or whatever. But a perfect day, days that I love, you know, South Texas is sunny. I mean, like 360 days a year. Um Anyway, I love that we can get outside together. We recently got kayaks. And so my husband and the kids and I can go to the lake, which is pretty close, and just spend time together. Just being outside, those are my favorite times. It's just when all four of us are together. And it's really not about the bag business. And something that I remind myself often is to make time for my family because they'll, when I'm old and in a nursing home, I am never going to say, I wish I made one more bag. I will say, I wish I spent more time with my kids when they were home. So I try to keep that in perspective as much as possible. Where did you come up with the name for your business? I learned how to indigo dye at Lucky Star Art Camp and loved it, loved it, and went home and dyed a bunch of things and um, was asked to come up with an indigo shibori collection for wholesale. And so I did, and it needed a name. And I didn't really, um, I just didn't know what to name it. And so um, I thought, well, I'll put indigo in the name and Lane is my middle name. So there you go, Indigo Lane. There you go. And so- I just kept that name whenever I started doing leather work. I just kept it because I liked it. All right. Recently, you just did, well, I guess it was a year, a little over a year ago, you did your first triathlon and then you just did it again this spring. Tell us about that experience. I'm not an athlete at all, but I, I remember it so working so much has, has taught me that I need to be physical outside for my stress levels. Like I need to be able to kind of work it out. Right. And I got to thinking one day and I remembered how much I loved riding a bike as a kid. Like I loved it. I I don't know if I was abnormally in love with riding bikes, but man, I loved riding a bike. So I started doing that and I 
started toning up and feeling better. My stress levels were better, all the things. And then I started kind of getting relaxed on it and not sticking with my schedule. And I saw this, this ad for this ladies triathlon, I think on Facebook probably. And it's not a full triathlon. Like it's just a, a small one. But I thought, ooh, if I sign up for that, I will make myself train. And I did. And so then I did another one. And I love it. I, I'm by far not the in the first half of people to finish. But my goal is not to die. And so far, I'm winning. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I think I want to sign up with you for next year. Yes. You're going to tell me when it comes around again. So what is it about teaching that gets you excited? Like what, where did this teaching thing come from? Is that something you had done before or is it something um, that you ever even imagined that you would do? No, I never thought I would teach, but I, I'm not a, person that's easily intimidated by a task. And I've learned just from being around ladies like at church groups or different things that I find myself wanting to make a process unintimidating for the ladies next to me. And that really lends itself to teaching. And I've I've taught sewing and leather and shibori and all kinds of things. And Every time, and I think I enjoy it almost more than the student does, because every time a lady will come in super intimidated, like, oh my gosh, and I can't do this, or I don't know how, and it's just the neatest thing to walk them through the process and just demystify it, basically, and then they go, oh, I could do this, and the empowerment that they feel is just a natural high for me, and I love it. That's what I love about teaching. Yeah, I totally get that. That's awesome. Your classes are always um, super popular at camp. What do you have in store for us this fall at Lucky Star? Mm. Okay. So this fall, we are going to make a um, an art journal, but it's going to be leather covered and the students are going to learn how to either tool on it or they can paint on it or they can um, affix findings to it. But the journal is small enough to fit into your purse or your backpack or even, well, maybe not a back pocket, but a purse or a backpack. And um, it's something that you can travel with and you can do art on the go. But what I love about the idea of this project is because it's leather, it will wear over time um, through use because you're probably going to get paint on it or pen marks, but most definitely the oils from your hands. So if you carry this journal for however long, it's going to be like almost a recording of your life in that time span that you've carried it. And so I just love that about leather. It's a doable project. They don't have to come in with any experience. And it's just a neat, I think it'll be a neat project. So it's more about the the journal cover. You'll, you'll be creating the journal cover. And yes. then they'll take this journal and do whatever they want to with the inside. But 
that day in class in those three hours, they'll be working on personalizing this journal cover. Yes. It'll come with a journal. Yeah. Also. Okay. And you'll bring all of your tools for them to use to personalize that. Yes. Which would include stamping, painting. Yes. Sewing in in hand stitching. We will be doing hand stitching. Be able to stitch the um, the flaps where the journal the journal um, cover will go into the flaps to hold it in place. We'll have to stitch those onto the actual outer cover. All right, sounds like a fantastic class. I I'm excited about that. So, my dad used to make like halters for show steers for us and breast collars for our horses that like, that's like an attachment to my saddle. And then he would make belts for me and Sean and like that is some leather crafting is one of those old tried and true handcrafts that I can't imagine it ever going away. And and I feel like it's just one of those skills that even if you're literally just punching a new hole in your belt to, to extend it a little bit, I mean, like just, just being able to do that is, is really awesome, but it's so much fun. I actually did um, a 4-H method demonstration with a friend of mine on leather crafting when I was in, I guess, like upper middle school, early high school, probably upper middle school. And so like dad taught us some of his skills and then we created this little, you know, just a a quick little demonstration and like had to compete, you know, with other people with our demonstration. And so I learned a few things from him and I can tell you that those things that either he made for me or like, for instance, my guitar strap that I made for myself, they are things that, oh, and then I'm wearing a a lot of our lucky star gals have these really cool leather cuff bracelets um, that Becky Dawson made originally. And they're just, they're just special pieces that will last forever and I think that it's a really cool thing what you're doing, number one, by teaching other people this craft, but also with your business and carrying on that tradition of this special handcraft that is like one of the staples of especially the American culture. Mm-hmm. So I'm super proud of you, girl, and I I love your business. I love your style. You and I will show up wearing practically the same thing. We, we, it's funny because I'm like, oh, I I have that in my house too. We have very similar taste. We can't go shopping together. I learned that one time at Round Top. I found a quilt and I lingered because that's how I shop. I linger and mull and then you scooped it up. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if we can shop together because if there's one and we both want it. <laughs> yeah. We have to fight over it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how how can people find Indigo Lane? How can people find your goods out there in the world? 
Okay, well, um, you can find us on our website, which is indigolane.com. You can also find us on um, heavily on Instagram, which is at indigo.lane.co. But odds are, if you're, especially if you're in the state of Texas, you could probably find us in a boutique in your town because we're in a lot of them. So um, after this last market, I believe we hit the 100 boutique mark. So we're, we're in oh, all the places. Wow, Randy, that's awesome. Name some of the stores for our Texas gals just off the top of your head, if you can name a few. Okay. For you girls in um, North Texas, Dallas area, we are in um, the Maverick in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Um, if you're in South Texas, we are in, um, in Rome, in Port Aransas. And where else? We're in West Texas, in Lubbock, at uh, Jay Hoffman's. Good, good thing. I feel like I've seen you, your stuff here locally um, in Fiddlin' Frog. Yeah, we're in Fiddlin' Frog. there. account still? Yes, we do. Um, we're in San Antonio at the Pearl at, oh, what is the name of that store in the Pearl? Yeah, Adelante is in Adelante. Adelante. Dos Carolinas. Adelante. Adelante. Okay. That's a good store. Yeah. Okay. And then my last question to all of my podcast guests is if you had something to show and tell, like if you were going to show and tell something at school, you know, out of all the things, it could be anything, a book, uh, just something to tell us about, what would it be? Okay. If I were to show something at show and tell, something that is super exciting right now is... I was able to purchase this hydraulic press and what it does is it cuts my leather and you, I have purchased these, they look like big metal cookie cutters, but they are my patterns. Like I email my pattern off and this man makes these giant cookie cutter of my piece and you put it on the press, you press two buttons and boom, it cuts it. That's what I would show. I mean, you talk about mind blown. Oh, wow. Coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah. And the increase in production there and decrease in time is huge. Yes. That's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Randy, for being here today. I sure have enjoyed talking with you. And you're just one of my favorite people on the planet. And I'm excited to have you coming back to camp this year, especially with it being the 10th anniversary. And I know all of our campers will be excited to have you back and to take your class. So thank you again for being here and I'll talk to you soon. Well, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be a part of the 10th birthday of Lucky Star. It's been so fun to watch you grow this from a dream and talking about it and mulling it over to actually it coming to fruition and being the most wonderful blessing to so many ladies and their families by extension. And um, I'm just excited to be a part of it. Love you. Love you. Lucky Star is a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp that takes place each fall in the Texas Hill Country. For dates and more information about our upcoming camps, visit our website at www.luckystarartcamp.com or find us on Instagram at Lucky Star Art Camp.